Marketing Espresso, making marketing as enjoyable, energizing, and digestible as your morning coffee. Hello, hello. Thank you for joining me for another episode of Marketing Espresso. So grateful you are choosing this podcast. I know I say it every week, but I truly am grateful. I see the numbers and I feel honored every time I see them. But make sure if you do love this, that you share it with someone that you think could benefit from it too but also that you leave me a review and a rating. That would be absolutely awesome. Now, today's guest I'm actually really excited for. I was introduced to Reem from a business buddy who has also been on the podcast, Michael Clift, and he introduced us because he just knew that we would get along so well, and he was completely right. She also has such an incredible personal story, might I just say, Uh, but I am excited today to have her on the podcast to talk all things her expertise in SEO. Uh, so Reem Kubar, the founder and website and SEO whisperer of the SEO room is known for her holistic marketing focus. Reem helps your business grow by increasing your online visibility. She's taken websites from generating 10K from SEO to generating 400K from SEO and websites that have no online visibility on Google to being number one on Google search engine and generating thousands of dollars in revenue consistently. She provides holistic marketing strategies that are tailored for your business needs specializing in user-friendly web design and development and SEO services. With a Bachelor of Business, majoring in marketing and international business, and years of experience in creating and implementing marketing strategies, Reem's result-orientated approach allows her to help other business owners shine online and grow their business to their full potential. I'm so excited to bring you this episode. If you want to reach out and say hi to Reem and you need some SEO help in your business, make sure you check the show notes. Uh, otherwise, have a great week, guys, and tell me what you think of the episode. I'd love to hear your feedback as always. Reem, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for having me back. That's okay. I'm very grateful that you agreed to come on because we. I feel like we haven't had enough SEO specialists on the podcast, to be honest, because I think we've had a few, had a few different people with different perspectives on SEO, but I feel like it's the part of marketing that people just try to forget about. Yeah. Because it's really <laughs> hard. It's really, really hard. And I always say to people outsource it if you can, because <laughs> it is really tough, right? So today we're talking through something that I think a lot of people probably think about often because everyone, you know, I've got a rule. I say to people, update your website, you know, at least every three years. I don't know. Is that kind of where you sit on that that topic as well? Uh, yeah. So th- three years is a good time, even like if you stretch it out to four years, but I wouldn't go, uh, you know, more than five years without changing the website because the technology changes, your consumer behavior changes, you know, your business grows or changes direction. So you've got to look at your whole business branding and strategy and you make sure that this is aligned with your website as well. Yeah, totally. And so one of the things I guess that I always bring to people's attention when they say to me, oh, I really want to update the website. I'm like, well, you need to be really careful about the SEO side of it because I think people just sort of they're like, oh yeah, I'll just tack that on after. But what I, you know, we were speaking about when we met, I think it was like a month ago, we were talking about the importance of making sure that, you know, like when you do change websites, update your website, whatever it is you're working on, that you really nurture that SEO. So I was hoping today you could talk us through like, what are some things that people need to look out for, you know, when they are updating their website and um, how they can be really, really careful with the SEO that they have developed already? Yeah, I'm so glad that you do mention that to your clients because a lot of people miss out on that. They focus on the branding, they focus on the customer journey and how the business is changing and evolving over time. And they want to change the website, which is a great step. But a lot of people do forget about the SEO, especially for organizations that have 
invested in SEL before and they're ranking for really good industry keywords that are getting them a lot of traffic, a lot of conversions and um, bringing them basically business. And then what happens is people go and change the website and then they lose that all of it after they launch mm-hmm. overnight because one of the main factors is they change the website structure and they change important landing pages or pages that were performing really well and they didn't have that data they didn't know they were just looking at the branding side of things and pretty making, stuff right <laughs> yeah the pretty stuff that everybody looks at which is really important but yeah. you want to pair it up with what's performing so what we do is a good practice is to have a look at your analytics and have a look at which pages are performing well why are they performing is the traffic actually coming from google and because you're ranking this is why you're getting a lot of business, whether, you know, the conversions could be measured in many ways. So it could be people calling your business or submitting a form or asking for a quote on the website or just, you know, they could be other ways that they just visiting the website and then come back to it later to make an inquiry. So you want to make sure that you have that data and you're empowered with that data to make the right decisions into which pages to keep, which services are working well. And the way those pages are structured as well on your website, um, if you go in and change a whole lot of things and the foundation of the structure for a website that's working really well for a business, then you're putting yourself at risk of losing all of that good traffic that is coming and all of these customers that are finding you through Google. Mm. Can you talk us through this structure thing a little bit more? I think a lot of people wouldn't really understand what the actual structure of a website is. Yeah, so I'll give you an a, an example. Um, say if we're talking about a computer repair shop, for example, yeah. a local business, and they do, for example, software updates, they do Mac repairs, they do window repairs, hardware and software. So they would have dedicated pages sitting there talking about each service that they do offer. And we've actually worked with a similar company that does that sort of service. and. What happens is a lot of traffic would come through when people are searching for a Mac repair and they would land on a a Mac repair page because that's the journey. If you're looking for a specific service, you want to land on that specific page. What generally happens, a lot of business owners say, okay, these pages, uh, I don't need these pages. Maybe I need to update a lot of things on these pages. And then they change the whole structure of the website. So maybe they delete that page or service even though they do operate um, and they still fix Mac repairs or they still do software updates, but they don't want to have a dedicated page for it. And that page is actually ranking. So we look at the traffic that's coming, the conversions that are coming, because if you delete that page, you're 100% you're going to lose that ranking and you will not appear on search engines anymore. And sometimes you might not delete the page, but change a lot of content on there. One of the main factors that help you rank is actually the content on your web page. So if you go and restructure a lot of that content, remove keywords, remove different elements from there, you could be at risk of losing that ranking and then your competitor will uh, be on the top of the page and then you will lose that traffic. So you've got to do it strategically and see what's working and what's not. Branding is really important. Having a brand voice is really important. But at the same time, you want to look at what are your customers searching for? What terminology they're using? What sort of journey they're taking on? Often when we look at businesses, it's they get surprised by the terminology that their ideal clients are using because, yeah, our clients are 
when you operate in business, you're really technical. Like the terminology I use in SEO, my clients don't use. Yeah, my everyone says that don't. to me. They're like, I love the fact that you don't use jargon. And I'm like, I specifically yeah. don't use jargon for this reason because people it straight away, I think, puts up a wall against you and your potential customers as well, right? Because they're like, I have no idea what SEO means. Like, oh, well, we should say SEO is yeah. search engine optimization. <laughs> yeah. But I think most people know what SEO is these days. Like, yeah, you know, most people. Yeah. But the, giving the assumption and each for each service, you'll have multiple customer journeys. So, for example, if we look at SEO, you'll have people who actually know what SEO stands for and what it is. You have people who know what it stands for, but they don't know what it, what it really is or what how can it benefit their business. And there are people who don't know what SEO is and they don't know it exists. So you want to make sure that you're hitting the customer journey at yeah. every stage and people may be looking at how do I grow my business online? So you want to capture that traffic and bring it back and give them tools. And one of those tools would be, oh, you can use SEO and we do help you with SEO. So it's just about thinking about that customer journey. Yeah. So how do you know, for example, if you're is there a way to find out the actual content that's helping you rank? So is there a way you can be like, okay, that sentence that I've got about digital presence or whatever it is, that's the sentence that is actually helping me rank higher. Is there a way to like get into that nitty gritty of it? So yeah, there there is actually, once you've nailed down what you do as a service, you want to find out what keywords are people searching for. And keywords have evolved over time. So it's more about thinking about what is the search intent behind that keyword. And there are a lot of tools that you can use, whether they're free or paid tools, um, that you can find out how many people are searching a month. It's nothing is accurate 100%, but it's a, a good estimate. How many people are searching for keywords like digital marketing strategies a month? And then does that align with my my business services? And do I want to rank for it? So a, a a search volume of about a thousand versus a search value volume of about 10 searches a month gives you an idea of should you should I rank for this keyword? Yeah. Is it really worth it or should I go and rank for another keyword that has uh, a better search volume? Because you get a piece of that pie on each search result. Um, if we're talking like digital marketing strategies for small business, that could be like a long tail keyword. And the search intent behind it, we can assume people looking for simple strategies to use for their business and uh, understand how they can grow their business digitally. If the search volume there is 10 searches a month, really you're getting a, a slice of that pie of 10 other companies or 10 other blogs or 10 other content pieces that are on that page. So you're getting a slice of that traffic. So the higher the search volume, the better, but you want to make sure it's not just about higher is better. Think about the search intent. What are people wanting? What's the information that people are looking for? And does that align with your business? Yeah, because that really tells you if you're going to be hitting your market. Now, just you said long tail before. Can you explain the difference for everyone listening about, you know, like the shorter search search terms or keyword terms versus the long tail? In your words, <laughs> you'll do it better than I can. <laughs> so there are keywords that are really important, industry keywords that we call, I personally call them like the big umbrella keywords. And from there, you you derive what we call long tail keywords, where are, which are different search phrases that people look for um, when they're looking for a specific topic. I'll give you an example on a product-based, for example. If somebody searches candles can you guess 
what are they looking for? No, you have no idea really. No, because it could be they're looking at candles to purchase candles or, or they to make be, or to make candles or to look at different candle types or their ingredients. It could be like you wouldn't even know where to start thinking about the consumer who's searching for the word candles. So if I'm selling candles, maybe this is not the ideal keyword to start with. I, I want to have a search intent behind it. So I'll put you on the spot back. What do you think would be a good keyword? So it's all about guessing at the beginning and then we do the research. If we're selling candles. Yeah. Um, it would be something like uh, uh, like best candles for Mother's Day or something like that. Okay, that's actually really good. <laughs> I went really specific. <laughs> yeah. Did we I can... pass? Did I get 10 you out did, of 10? You did, yeah. <laughs> so you could be running into the season of Mother's Day and then you want to buy a candle, so you, you're looking at candles for Mother's Day. That's a, a very actually good search term. And it's more what we call a long tail. Long tail is just, means it's a longer stretch keyword and it does it have intention behind it absolutely because i'm trying you know that you're trying to buy a gift and it's for mother's day so all the companies who've optimized for these keywords they, they will actually appear on that page and they have higher chances of people buying from them and then you can go longer tail even by specifying a location so i am based in Perth, and if I want to buy something locally from Perth, I'll put in the keyword Perth as well because I want to find a company that is in Perth. I'll probably drive to them and, and get a candle and check it out. Yeah, well, definitely in Perth because everything's 15 minutes from each other. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I always laugh with everyone I know in Perth because I'm like, you guys don't drive more than 20 minutes and you've been to everywhere in the city. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm jealous. It's coming from a place of jealousy, by the way. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah, and and if do you look at another keyword that's, probably not a long tail. If I say uh, I sell soy candles, I'll just write soy candles. This is this could be like a my main umbrella keyword. Yeah. And then from it comes, you know, um great candles for Mother's Day or a can like, candles for Could it be like soy candles for sale near me or near me. That's yeah. actually yeah, that's actually a really good phrase as well. Near me is is used a lot in services as well. So you like plumbers near me, locksmiths near me, even like it's more used on services than it is on on probably products. Yeah. But it, it would more, I guess, you'd more be looking like soy candle for sale in Perth. In Perth, yeah, or like yeah. soy candle brands in Perth. Yeah, that's yeah. another good one as well. Yeah. You've just got to find out which ones first. They need to match with your business, so you actually offer that product and it's good for your business and it's an area that you want to grow because you're going to invest your time. Even if you're not investing with an SEO specialist, it, SEO takes a lot of time. So you want to make yeah. sure that you're picking the right keywords and then working your way up there. And there's so many variations. So this is where you go with long tail, you know, long tail keywords, main keywords, or big umbrella keywords, et cetera. Mm. And yeah. I think that's important that the time aspect of it, bring it back to what we were talking about with the website changeover. Because if you invest all this time into, you know, preparing your SEO and getting, because this is like, so I'm going to say, I'm going to use a bit of jargon here. This, what we're kind of talking about, a lot of it's on-page SEO, correct? Uh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It could, be, could be, could be, yeah. Could be yeah. on-page as well. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, because, so my understanding is the difference is like when, you, so what we're kind of talking through now is. Because you've got the behind the scenes, let's just call it SEO, the stuff that's working in the back end, the tagging and all of that stuff, which 
if you're migrating a website, that stuff, does that sort of naturally move with you? No. So it's all, no. that's all stuff you've got to do as well. Yeah. So as you're migrating the website, say if you're keeping the website as is, you're keeping all the content, you want to make sure you're moving everything even with, uh, should I just run quickly into what SEO is? Like yeah, the do different it. elements. Yeah. Okay. So the, the different elements or factors of SEO. So you've got, you've mentioned your own page. So that's everything that is on your website, on your page, whether it's the title of the page, you know, the, the content that you have on that page, the keywords that you've put in and keywords, you can put it on the text of the page, the image that you've optimized and you've named and you gave it a tag meta descriptions or that which are the the little descriptions that appear when you appear on the google search you know when your company appears and there's a little blurb that's what we call a meta description um all of these things you need to shift over if they're working for you if they're working for you and they're bringing you good traffic and good business whatever's working and i say if it's not broken don't fix it yeah. move it over it's working well don't change it totally agree yeah so you want to make sure that you're moving that across and it doesn't, yeah, you've, you've, you've got to migrate everything across. And some people forget to migrate that data and do a lot of changes to it or ignore it or delete it. And then you've got the other factor, which is your off-page SEO. So off-page SEO is everything that happens outside of your website. Basically, Google wants to see you as part of the big wide web. And to be part of the big white web, you need to be connected to other websites. So when we talk about off-page SEO, often we're referring to backlinks, which are links from other websites linking to your site. And these links come in different qualities. So there's good links, there's spammy links, there's black hat links, white hat links. You want to make sure you're getting the good quality white hat links, meaning that you're linking to websites that are relevant to your industry, They've got good traffic. They've got good metrics. These are the people that you want links from. And it's like your digital word of mouth. So if I say, guys, Beck is an amazing marketing strategist. You should all go and talk to her for your marketing needs. This is me saying to people physically, you know, you should talk to Beck. But I can do it online as well yeah. by mentioning your website on my website and giving you a link. So that gives you like link juice and it gives you authority. The more people talk about your website online, the more that Google notices, oh, maybe that's a really good website we should be featuring for marketing strategies or marketing consultations and things like that. So it's another factor that is important, but it's going to be done authentically yeah. and done the right way. There's a lot of, let's just say, dodgy ways that people do do this. And I think highly recommend <laughs> yeah. not doing that because when Google figures it out, which they will, they're very smart, um, it will not help with your website. So, okay, back to the what we were talking about with the migration. Is there anything else that people need to, I absolutely love the idea about actually looking at what's working now. Because I think so many people skip that step with a lot of things in their marketing. They actually don't do these audits. They just assume it's all broken. So, and I don't know why people assume that because if they, you know, I think surface level people are always like, if the phone's not ringing, they think everything's broken, nothing's working, but actually often things are working quite well. They might just need slight tweaking or, so I think that's an absolutely awesome tip that you've given people. Is there anything else that someone that's launching a new website needs to be aware of before they do this to not destroy their SEO? Yeah. So the first step is do the audit. 
see what's working for you before actually a lot of people forget and leave it at the last minute after they've designed everything and they've got the new website in development just before launch they say oh what about seo because <laughs> you could be <laughs> double handling things and going back and changing back so if you want to save time and doing this most effective in the most effective you know and cost effective way probably do it at the beginning that's the first step that you want to look at look at your website structure look at your website traffic look at your conversions look at what you're ranking for these top ranking pages that are bringing you good quality traffic and leads these are the ones that you want to maintain and keep mm -hmm. build on and improve yes but these are the ones that you want to invest in and look at areas of improvement or where you want to improve. So that's probably the first step to look at before even designing your website, your yeah, new website. Yeah. yeah, I love that. Cool. Any other tips? Uh, look at your analytics always. <laughs> look at your data, <laughs> monitor it. It's an ongoing process. It's not a set and forget. That's probably something that we should also mention. Yeah. A lot of people think, I, 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 get, I speak to a lot of people in business and they say, oh, we've done our SEO. It's done. Like we've developed the website and SEO is done. I'm like, is it done? <laughs> it's not something you put on and it's done. Yeah. You it's, know? Yeah. It's, it, it's, yeah. It's not an ad that you run and you say, my ad is live and it's running. Even with ads, you want to keep optimizing. It is, it's an ongoing process that you want to go through. And it, it depends where you want to be in business and how much traffic you want to bring on, how, many how much business you want to bring on. So it is an ongoing process. And the thing I'll add to that is the fact that I feel like with an ad, it's like turning on a tap and like, but you have to pay for that tap to go on. With SEO, like yeah. sure, there's an investment in it. Potentially, you may not be managing it yourself, but the investment and the longevity of that investment, it's it will end up bringing you back way better ROI than Google Ads ever will. It's what I've always experienced from, from SEO yeah. because it's, and it, it is that like, you end up being the authority in the market if it's done really, really well. So Yeah, it is definitely more sustainable. You bring in a really good point because with ads also that this market is changing a lot mm -hmm. and the cost per click could be changing. You you're betting for keywords. You're setting mm -hmm. a bet there, saying I whoever's paying more and more optimized will appear. With SEO, once you're optimized, you're not paying Google anything. Yeah. You're being there, you know, authentically. And more and more people are becoming aware that the people who are on the ads, they've paid their way up there when the people are on SEO, they've actually worked their way there. Yeah, they've earned it. <laughs> they've earned it. And then stats show that as well. So yeah. there are more clicks on organic searches than there are on ads. Yeah, um, I stay clear yeah. of ads now. Yeah. So if if you've got the budget, I say go both ways because yeah. you get the best of both worlds. I'm not against ads. I actually like ads. Yeah, I like ads too. I'm definitely not yeah. against them either. But yeah, I yeah. think you're right. Do the best. Do both if you if you can. If you can do both. If you don't have a huge budget, probably start with SEO because it's more sustainable. Because sometimes you rank for something and then you don't need to touch it for a really long time because your competitors are doing nothing about it. Yeah, or they're just on the crap. Yeah, yeah <laughs> just pay for that. ads. Yeah, yeah, I love that. Well, thank you so much for joining me today. Where can everyone find you? Well, they can find me either on my website, which is seoroom.com.au. I am active on LinkedIn as well. So if you they search Room Kuba, I'm there. Facebook, SEO Room Perth, and on Instagram as well, SEO Room Perth. And yeah, thank you so much, Beck, for having me. That was so much fun. Hi, thank you for joining me. I'm sure you'll be back. <laughs> for sure. <laughs> thank you so much.
Hi, Beck here, just dropping in to say that if you are struggling with your marketing planning, I have got the solution just for you. I have recently launched my marketing planner to the world and I am offering it to you at a 5% discount for listening to the potty. You can see what's in the planner and how it's going to change your life simply by visiting my website, beckchapel.com.au and heading to the resources section. When you're ready to check out, chuck in potty VIP and you'll get your 5% discount. Thanks for listening and I hope that it changes your life.